So in John 14, 22 and 23, it says, Judas, not Iscariot, <laughs> said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Okay, let's pray. God, I ask that you would come and you would illuminate your scriptures, that you would give each person here a gift from you. We ask for your presence. We, we know your presence is already here, but we ask that you would illuminate your scriptures. Make us aware of your presence, even more than we already are. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's some, I looked up on mental floss, some famous last words from people. So Leonardo da Vinci's last words, he was overly modest, and he said, I mean, this is Leonardo da Vinci, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Um, murderer James W. Rogers was put in front of a firing squad in Utah and asked if he had a last request. He replied, bring me a bulletproof vest. That's good. Um, as Truman Capote lay dying, he repeated, Mama, Mama, Mama. That one gets to me a little bit. Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes stories, died at age 71 in his garden. He turned to his wife and said, You are wonderful, then clutched his chest and died. And then the last one, drummer Buddy Rich died after surgery in 1987. As he was being prepped for surgery, a nurse asked him, is there anything you can't take? To which he replied, yeah, country music. <laughs> last words. So we think about, okay, people's last words. What do you want to say when you know you're facing death? And Jesus knew he was facing the crucifixion, and he knew it was going to happen, that he was going to be crucified, died, and then rise again on the third day. But his disciples still didn't really understand all of this. So he noticed, noticed one thing he stressed in these last few words is, we will make a home with you. And I see home as a recurring theme in Scripture. So when God makes the Garden of Eden, he makes a home for Adam and Eve. And he comes in Genesis 3, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So he would come when it was cool, not the heat of the day, and he would walk with, his, with Adam and Eve. And this was before the fall. So this is before there's anything wrong in the world, anything to really pray about in terms of like what we think sometimes of praying. And they just walked together and they talked. In Exodus, after, years later, after the fall, and Moses is, uh, brought the Israelites out of Egypt into this wilderness, in Exodus 25, 8, um, God says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. So we have all throughout scripture, the arc of the story of God is God 
wanting to make a home with us, right? He's doing it in all the ways he possibly can. Even when we make mistakes and we sin and we fall, he still makes a way for us to come home to him and for him to come home to us. So Jesus says here, if anyone loves me and keeps my word, we will come to him and make our home with him. And at the end of the scriptures in Revelation 3.20, Jesus is talking to the church. So he's talking to like people like us that are gathered to worship him. We might not know him very well or we might know him super well, but he's talking to the church and he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So we have a God that longs to come and eat with us, to make a home with us, to connect with us. And he says, you know, really, it's just if you love me, which is a very kind statement. If you think about the people that you want to make a home with, usually it's people that you love or people that will love you, right? So this seems very common sense. And part of that also is when we love God is that we obey him. We want to keep his word. We want to live the way he asked us to live and to love one another. So I call this sermon Jesus the Homemaker. Um, And what does it look like for Jesus to be a homemaker and to make a home with us? Well, one thing is, is Jesus rearranges. So when you move into a house, if you're moving in with someone for the first time, you, can't, you start to rearrange things, right? Mike and I have been doing some, well, not per, well kind of personally, some construction on our home. And we ha- asked a friend of ours who is really good at decorating, will you come, will you help us because we need help? Like, we know what we like and kind of what we don't like, but we don't know how to make it happen. So um, she came over, and most of the things were like, you just do, like, this is kind of an idea of the colors we like. This is the style we like. Like, you just do it, right? So she'd go out, and she'd bring all these amazing things, and it just looks so much better than when I was in charge of it. But I am a book person, all right, and we have bookcases, and I'd put my books up. And she came over, and she was like, "Uh, are your books, like, is there any order to your books. I was like, yes, like, these books need to be together. These are my homeschool books, but, but the rest, you know, they're kind of in a general thing. And she started moving them around. And something in me became very resistant. I mean, I, I said, hey, I'm paying you. I want you to come and make my house look good. But when she started to move things that I really cared about, I felt this thing in me, you know, like I was like, well, when she leaves, I can just move them back, (laughs) you know, like just this thing. But she, you know, it wasn't, she didn't take anything away. She just put some books like vertical and then some like decorative things, and it looks amazing. But I realized in that moment that Jesus also rearranges some things in my life. And sometimes I am resistant to that, right? I just think, I know where everything is. Like, I know where that book is. And if you move that book, I might not be able to find that book when I need I have all these reasons. And at the same time, I recognize I asked her to do this. <laughs> and then for me to say, no, I don't want you to do it is very confusing. 
So, when you love Jesus and you ask him to be in your home and you start to notice things get rearranging, perhaps it is Jesus rearranging. And he knows what will work best, right? And he knows what looks best where. And he knows which rooms work better for which purposes and what flow of traffic. He just knows all of that. But some of us, when we've lived in the same place for, oh, 16, 17 years, we're used to things being in a certain way. So I challenge you, as Jesus rearranges some things in your life, at your work, even in this space in the church, that you would lean into that. And you would notice when you feel resistance, right? I don't think we should be like, I'm fine when we're not fine. But notice, oh, that's really difficult. But to lean in and to trust that God really does know what's best for his church and what's best for our lives. And even in spaces that he's not, his kingdom, well, even in spaces that we think of as secular in terms of our work or our school, he is still working. So part of Jesus being our homemaker is that he rearranges. And that we can rearrange it back, right? But he will know because he lives in us. And so um, we just have to lean into that space. So I would encourage you to notice the spaces of resistance in you. That's a spiritual direction thing. You notice when you start to feel resistance that the Lord is working right there. So not to press it down, but to be like, oh! I am resistant to you moving my books. Like, what does that mean? Well, and then just pressing in, praying about that, li- listening to others, and praying for each other for that space. So notice the spaces of resistance in you when change occurs. In your personal life, your job, your church. Transitional spaces are really tricky to navigate. But can we trust God and lean into what he is rearranging in our lives? It also means trusting Jesus to rearrange our calendars and our checkbooks and the way we do life, our schedules, right? Sometimes Jesus is going to say, you need to do less or you need to do this one thing and the other things need to let go, or you need to do more, you need to get off of your couch and start doing something. So you listen to the Lord. If the Holy Spirit, if Jesus lives in you, then he will speak to you, right? Right. Mr. Rogers, who I love, um, who's celebrating his 50 years, I mean, he's passed away, but he's going to have a postage stamp soon. I'm very excited. He says this, transitions are almost always signs of growth but they can bring feelings of loss. To get somewhere new, we may have to leave somewhere else behind. That's really moving to me. I want to read it again. Transitions are almost always signs of growth, but they can bring feelings of loss. To get somewhere new, we may have to leave somewhere else behind. And to recognize that Jesus is rearranging. So, It's not like a thief is coming in and moving all your stuff and taking your stuff out. It's Jesus, and we have asked him to make a home in us. After Jesus rearranges, Jesus also remodels. 
So part of our, part of our um, oh gosh, part of our last three or four months, we have been putting in new floors and a new kitchen, and I've really recognized chaos. <laughs> All right, so I don't like chaos, but when you start to move your refrigerator out to your back porch and you've got rid of the, the table that always holds your scissors and you can't find your scissors, I've lost so many pairs of scissors, like you just start to feel a little crazy, or I do. Um, so during our remodel, it was absolute, absolute chaos. Um, and some of you may feel that today. You may feel this sense of chaos. Like you've torn out the old kitchen, but there's no new kitchen yet. And it feels like it's going to be forever. So I don't know your week. Some of you might have had a a health diagnosis this week that was not good news. You might have heard from a family or a friend that um, just really bad news. There might be disappointments or financial strains and budgets or job loss. And in this space, it can be very chaotic and very scary to lose things, right? But if we put, if we reframe that, and as we were remodeling, I had to keep telling myself, we will have a kitchen again. We will have floors again. We will be able to live here again. But it didn't feel like it. But to reframe and say, Jesus is remodeling things, and he's taking out some old things that aren't working anymore. They're old, and they're, they're just disgusting in some ways. You know, you just find things when you take cabinets out. You're like, ooh, that's been there for I don't know how many years. And uh, Okay, I've been eating in this room. Um, so you just, you, God is tearing out some old things. I think God is tearing out some old things in some of you, and it feels very bad. It just feels chaotic. And it feels like you're losing so much of what you need to live and to survive. But I want to reframe that and to encourage you that Jesus is remodeling. And he's taking away old things because he wants to give you something new. And something that is going to be more life-giving or that's going to work for this season of your life. All right, so some things have worked for old seasons of your life, but they're not going to work for this season. So, um, yes, I would encourage you to lean into that. And I would ask you, where is the Lord tearing out the old? And where is he building something new? Richard War calls this disorientation. He says we're, our lives are... We get disoriented, and then we get reoriented. Sometimes when we get reoriented, then we go back. and get disoriented and reoriented. But through all that, Jesus is working. Jesus is doing something very important. And I encourage you to lean into that, to lean into what he's doing, and to recognize if he takes old things away, he will restore, which is point three. So Jesus rearranges he remodels, he takes up the old, he take, puts down the new, which just as a side note, I haven't been here in a couple years, and it looks, it looks amazing. That room over there, what you guys have done with that is amazing. That's a perfect example of just re, 
like remodeling and making all things new, paint and floors, and it works for where you are in this season. It's beautiful. Good job. Um, all right, so Jesus restores. So when I was in elementary school in the 80s, we would get a weekly reader. I don't know if any of you are much. And I remember on the cover, they were restoring the Statue of Liberty. Like this was a big deal, the restoration of the Statue of Liberty. Now, when I think of Jesus restoring my soul, like I quote Psalm 23, he restores my soul. He leads me on paths of right. I mean, I'm just, I think of a vacation spa-like experience, right? Restoration, everything is just getting built back up. Well, when I look about the Statue of Liberty and how it was restored, it looks a little different. So the first thing they did was they closed the exhibit to the public. No one's going in. No one's, we're just going to work on this thing. Some of you, the Lord has closed you to the public, right? He's asking you to go dark on social media. He's asking you to go places to get away with him, to just be closed to the public. And the next thing they did was they built this scaffolding around the Statue of Liberty so that they could work on her, you know, at all, because she's so tall. So then they, so it's a basically covering up. Everything you see is covered, it's closed, it's covered up. And then they started taking off these layers of paint. And to do that, they used chemicals and sandblasters, and there's lead paint, there's paint that from the 20s, 30s, just paint that we know now is not very good for us, right? So we're taking off these layers of toxicity. And I think... For some of you, the Lord is restoring you, but it feels like you're losing layers of protection. And I want to encourage you that Jesus is taking away the old ways we've covered, you've covered yourself that have worked well at the time, but now it's time to get rid of those ways because they're not doing you any good. They're just doing you harm. So sometimes when God restores you, he is taking off layers, and it feels does not feel like restoration. So maybe some of you have chosen covering that served you in the past, but now it would be toxic. Then they repainted it. So they repainted it uh, with a new paint and took the scaffolding back down, opened it back to the public, and they also restored things like dents and things like that. But now people can go. I mean, it's lasted years. So all of that, some of us are, some of you may be stuck in that space of remodeling, and it feels like, what is God doing, right? God has called me to be the Statue of Liberty, to show, let people see the freedom, give me your poor, and now they've closed me off? Like, what? What is that about? And then they've covered me up, and now they're taking parts of me away, like, if the Statue of Liberty could talk, this is what I imagine her saying. Like, what are you guys doing? You are not restoring me. You are, you are not doing it right. But because they did all that, she's able to be open again to the public, safer to the environment and to other people. And I want to encourage you that some of you are in a place of transition and you are in a place of restoration and you won't be stuck there forever. The Lord is doing something new. He's taking off the old, but he's going to repaint it, and you're going to be able to last longer in a state of health 
and you will be open to the public again. I feel like the Lord wants to say to some of you, you will be open to the public again. You will fulfill your purpose, even if in this season it feels like you're closed off. Joel 2.25, God says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. I will restore to you the years. I think the Lord wants to restore to you some hope that's been lost. I feel like the Lord wants to restore to you some trust that's just been eroded over the years of seeing people you love fall away from God or just life happens, right? We live with disappointment. We don't know what to do with it. But I sense the Lord restoring that to you. Don't give up, right? Don't let this this narrow view of where we are right now to define who you are and your identity. I would encourage you, if you feel like you're in this space, to lean into that solitude. And one spiritual direction-y thing you could do is you could sit in silence, turn off all distractions, and ask the Lord, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And then just sit 10, 15, however long you have, minutes, and let the Lord do a deep work. And even if afterwards you don't get anything in terms of like the Lord didn't give me a picture or a word, the Lord is still working in you, right? So our, my heart beats, and I don't feel it. I don't know how, but it's beating, right? The Lord is working in you guys, even if you don't feel it or you're not aware of it. He is working, and he has been working your whole life, and he will continue to work, right? So this is just a space where we open up and we're like, make me aware of what you're doing, and I trust you. I trust you. You're a God that wants to make your home with me. You're a God that does so much to come and make a home with me, right? He died on the cross. He gave up his life. He lived among us. He created us. And to really trust that what he's doing, he will be able to finish. So Jesus rearranges. He starts moving stuff around. You lose the scissors that's been in the same place for 12 years. Um, He restores. He takes out the old and he brings in the new. He, um, he remodels. He remodels. He takes out the old. He doesn't. He restores. He brings you back to how he made you to be, like factory, whatever. Better than factory. Restoration. And then my last point is Jesus relaxes. I enjoy relaxing. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, Jesus relaxes. So Jesus wants to make a home in you, and to be comfortable with you. Part of the reason we redid our home is because we spend so much time there, and we wanted to be able to like it, (laughs) right? And like what we saw and feel comfortable there, and for it to be more of an expression of who we were and not 1975 when it was built. So part of all of this is Jesus making you a place where he 
can reside in you and he will feel comfortable, right? Where we are hospitable to him, where we, where people come to you and they say, there's something different about you. And it's because Jesus has made his home in you and he's implanted himself upon you and he, um, you just know. So, uh, we went to downtown Lake, Lakeland, right? And Rick and Andy and Clayton and Mike and I, and they gave us a tour. It's a really cool town. But, so, and Frank Lloyd Wright. So, we were, uh, what's the school that Frank Lloyd Wright? Florida Southern. Okay. So, we drive by, I'm like, oh, well, obviously, that's a Frank Lloyd Wright. And they're like, actually, that was just built this year. I'm like, oh, well, obviously, I don't know Frank Lloyd Wright. But there, the res- but there are ways you go there and you're like, oh, I know who designed this. Frank Lloyd Wright designed this. And there are people that you know that look at you and that say, you have God on you. They might not be able to vocalize it, but they recognize the architecture in your life and how you are here on Sunday morning. You wake up early. You serve the poor. You give your life for other people. You give your money for other people. And they notice that. I know they notice that. And so Jesus wants to continue that work in you guys. And I think he just, he wants to hang out with you. I think that's his whole, the whole arc of scripture is him creating people to make a home with them. And as we read the scripture, I encourage you to look at it through that lens of this is God wanting to live with us, right? Let your kingdom come, your will be done. That's just us saying, hey, we want you to make your home here. We want your rule, your reign, your ways. And we mean it. We mean it. We mean it, right? So we don't always know what that means to us, but we mean it, right? And I just want to encourage you today in those places where the Lord is rearranging restoring, remodeling, to know that you are loved. He wants to make a home with you. He wants to hang out with you and connect with you and to uh, do, like, to give you the good works he prepared beforehand for you to do. His heart is always to bring healing and restoration. And the enemy's isn't that, but his heart is always to do that. And he always will, right? Any rearranging, remodeling, or restoring is all done with the goal of making a home in you, a place where he feels at home, comfortable, and able to reveal more of himself to you. Susan at home is very different. Well, maybe not very different. That sounds horrible. It's different than Susan here, right? So I'm more, I don't wear this at home. I don't wear, you know, um, think about Jesus making himself at home with you, like you This seems weird, but, like, you see him at where he lives. Like, you see him in his pajamas, per se. You know, you see him when he's relaxing and when you... So, imagining that part of, even though he is God and he is bigger than we can imagine, and and we recognize getting close to him like he is God, but he also wants to make that space of, I want to reveal myself to you. And I think that's part of what all this restoration is, is he wants to reveal more of himself to you and um, to make that space for you to be more like Christ. 
Um, all right. So as we as we close, before I invite the worship band back up, I when I was preparing this, I, I really had a sense that the Lord had something for each of you. And instead of um, yeah, so right now we're going to sit in silence for what, um, one minute. I'm going to keep the time. It might feel like 10 minutes, but it's just going to be one minute. And I encourage you to lean in. If there's anything about God making his home in you that resonated with you, just to lean in and to say, God, what, what do you want? What are you doing? Come, Holy Spirit. Will you stand, um, and will the worship, whoever worship band, come back up?